Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we are going to talk about Marvel Avengers, Game Awards, and we will rapid fire a few more topics. It's not even rapid fire news now, it's just, it's just rapid fire in general. Rapid fire. I've replayed that day in my head a thousand times. The Avengers take the fall despite saving the day. We failed him. I believe that we are dangerous. There's still a bad guy out there who wants to hurt the world. You're already a hero. The only one left to convince is yourself. We can stop him. Yeah, now we're talking? All units, find the girl. People believe in the Avengers. Your differences are your greatest superpower. No matter how bad things get, you always come together. So recently, Square Enix announced that Marvel Avengers sales have been lower than expected. The game has yet to recover its development costs, leading to um, an estimated 67 million US dollar operating loss during the last financial quarter. So game analyst David Gibson has previously explained that the game sold only 60% of what the company had originally planned it to sell. Now, this doesn't surprise you, right, Mike? Well, it doesn't surprise me because I knew nothing about this game. So the only reason I knew it existed at all was because a different friend of mine told me that he'd got a free copy of it from a friend who worked at Square Enix and he just hadn't had the time to actually play it properly. And I was like, there's an Avengers game? And, you know, I don't recall seeing any marketing for this game at all. So I don't I don't know what happened there. But like, I literally didn't know it existed. Either that or there was marketing and I literally just blanked it out. Which is possible. Because, you know, I deliberately went and looked it up on Steam after you sent me these show notes. And I watched, you know, the footage, the trailers, and it looks pretty good, right? Like it. It looks like a high production values quality game. But then the reviews are all pretty scathing. So at at the time, people complained about the characters looking second rate or cheap. Really? Knockoffs. They look like cheap knockoffs. Because I guess they don't have the likeness of the actual Avengers characters. Oh, yeah. Well, what can you do about that? I mean, that's the problem with Hollywood stuff, right? Because... Yeah, I guess they didn't pay for Robert Downey Jr.'s voice or whatever. But I I suppose in a way you could argue that's a strategic failure from Square Enix because they made the game look realistic. And so people are expecting to see the realistic Avengers, which in their heads are the Hollywood ones. Whereas, you know, if they'd gone for a more stylistic or cartoony look, then they could have made them look like whatever and people wouldn't have made that comparison. So... I can understand that, yeah. So have you done any more reading around Avengers? I mean, I just 
I just heard it's got no end game, right? So like the complaints seem to fall into yeah, those categories. One is that it doesn't feel like the Avengers because either it looks wrong or it feels wrong or you're not playing as like the real Avengers. And then the other one is that the single player story is pretty good, but it's short. And then there's just like no end game. So it's not, it's interesting because I thought it was a case of you knew about this game, but you didn't have time for another action looter. But that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I literally didn't know this game had been released. And I mean, to be fair, even if I had known it was coming, I don't think I would have been particularly hyped for it. Like maybe that's, maybe there's just like was no hype cycle for it. Like maybe there was loads of marketing, but it just didn't build up that critical mass of like excitement among the kind of people I'm following. You know, like Northern Lion wasn't playing it, for example. Actually, maybe he was and YouTube just didn't show it to me. I mean, that's another possibility. But algorithmically, I never saw this. And none of your friends played it, obviously. Well, I mean, I did have that one friend who got the free copy, but he didn't put much time into it, he said. And he, he wasn't encouraging me to try and get it as well so we could play it together. He was just like, oh yeah, I keep meaning to play it, never get around to it. And you looked it up on Steam. It never occurred to yeah, me. Yeah, I looked it up on Steam today. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't recall seeing this game at all. Like, you know, usually when you log onto Steam, there's like a big banner and it's like, this game is released. You might want to check it out. Like for weeks now, Cyberpunk has been in that position, right? And sometimes there's really random games. Like, I don't know how you get featured on that banner. Like, how do they decide who they put up there? Or do you have to pay? Do you pay or is it algorithmic? Or does Steam just decide who they like? I actually don't know. But I don't recall seeing this Avengers game on there. I mean, maybe it was there and I just blanked it, which is also possible. Because I do think there are certain kinds of ad which my brain just like slides over now because they look, you know, you're used to ignoring certain things now like there are certain kind of pop-up ads or certain ads that come up again and again and your brain's just like is an ad ignore no you know me you know about me and ads they really trigger me i really engage with ads unless there are just too many of them then i then i do just scroll over them i i I actually think i have a real problem with this actually i've got like pop-up blindness now because (laughs) this is is gonna mention the story that we may or may not have mentioned in the past but I was looking at how to get a coronavirus test in Hong Kong. And there are testing centers you can book an appointment at to get a test done. But I, for the life of me, could not find any way to do the booking. And I was talking to another friend who'd done it. And he was like, oh, yeah, you just go here and, and go to this other website. And I was like, how am I supposed to know this website exists? And he said, oh, well, it just there's a pop-up when you first log on to the government coronavirus website. And I was like, oh, I've just been instinctively closing that without reading it. So, whoops. Also, in my defense, it's all in Chinese, which I can't read either. But yeah, I think I, I, think I do like mentally filter out certain pop-ups or things that just look like ads. Occam's razor is that it just wasn't there. I don't know why I'm trying to invent this whole reason why I saw it and just ignored it. It's funnier this way. Anyway, maybe this game's dead now. I mean, it's been out two months. Can they pull it back? I mean, they've spent a lot of money on it. It is a AAA game. You know, and there's going to be an anthem next. I think they'll try and save it. (laughs) That was going to be my next 
segue, yeah, because it's in the same situation as Anthem now. Like when these MMO-ish looter shooters go wrong, is there any saving them? Yes. No. Final Fantasy fourteen came back. Oh yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen. Amazing job they did there on a Realm Reborn. I didn't actually play the first release of Final Fantasy fourteen, but I did play Realm Reborn and it was really good. Although they hate Hong Kong. Like you literally can't play it from Hong Kong because you, you get banned because they don't allow it in China and you have to play it through a VPN. Or uh, only certain IP addresses in Hong Kong work. It's really weird. Like your one. Not your one, sorry. Clearly, I know the well, answer. My one did originally work, which is why I was playing it. And then I stopped playing it for a few years. And I tried to play it again a few months ago. And I couldn't, I couldn't pay for the subscription because my IP address was blocked as they're in, their, in their China block list. So, fine. To be honest, it's probably better that I don't start another MMO again anyway. So, But yeah, you know... Is it just throwing good money after bad? Like, you know, what are some games that have totally flopped and then been pulled back from the brink? Final Fantasy XIV is one. No Man's Sky, I think? Yes. I, I don't know if that many more people are playing it, but reputationally, they've salvaged it, I think. But yeah, Anthem. Anthem, I'm not convinced. Did you hear about... Oh, it's just another tangent... They've lost Casey Hudson and Mike Dara. Do you know Casey Hudson? Are these names you don't... That ring a bell? Um, I'm just making a confused face. It, it sounds slightly familiar, but I don't know why. Were they the producer or something? Casey Hudson is general manager of Bioware. And I think he was the lead writer, lead designer of Mass Effect 2. Oh, this, we're not talking about this. Let's not talk about people. We don't talk about people. Let's talk about Anthem. So the last blog post they put out for Anthem was that they were just, they were doing things, but they really had nothing to show for it, which was really disappointing. I feel like there's a fixed timeline to these things. I mean, at some point, people will move on. I think it's already too late. That's the problem, right? Because you put a lot of money into the game, fine. You release it and it bombs because the game was bad, right? You didn't actually make a complete game. And then your corporate overlords who force you to push it out are like, oh, but we've sunk so much money in. So now you've got to fix it. Here's another $100 million. You can have another year to fix it, right? If they had not pushed it out and given them that $100 million in the first place or just said, okay, here's the $100 million. Take as long as you need to fix it. But this is all the money you're going to get. You probably could fix it and you'd release really late, but it would be a decent game. But you only get one chance to release the game, right? Well, unless you're doing some early access nonsense. So they just don't know what they're doing with Anthem, clearly, right? They, they, if you, I mean, there was that really good write-up, wasn't it, of everything that went wrong, where they just didn't know how to make the compelling game and it wasn't even supposed to be called Anthem. They added in the flight mechanic just to make it cool, but then it just didn't gel with the other systems and now they've just got this mess. I mean, to be fair, Destiny was the same, I guess. What? You know, like, the story in Destiny makes no sense. It doesn't need to make sense. Destiny 1. It's not important. But, yeah, but, but they threw Destiny on the bus, right? They were just like, reboot Destiny 2. Just forget all that stuff that happened in Destiny 1. It didn't really matter anyway. 
is it actually you raise a very good point about recovery strategies what is the right thing to do next i mean what would <laughs> how would they get you to play marvel avengers now oh that is a good question i'm not sure they could actually honestly because i think you know i think the maybe steam didn't suggest it to me because it just knows that i would be scathing about it like it's it's also like everything wrong with the games industry right now right because they got an expensive license and they made an expensive looking game that's just kind of mediocre gameplay wise and i think it's like 60 usd right they're charging full price for it but then you have to buy skins i heard yeah like that's just offensive like you know pick one make it free and microtransaction people or you pay money and that's it i mean you're allowed some dlc but like you can't nickel and dime people for things that should be in that base game if you're paying 60 dollars for the game right so like this is the sort of game that just rubs me the wrong way anyway and i don't think i really care about big name licenses right like i think you know like who cares about buying the avengers game right it's not going to be i think hardcore gaming people it's going to be people who want to play it because it's the avengers so i don't think i'm the target market for it anyway okay so even if went to you sent you said free to play for a moment there so that would help if they made it free to play maybe i would try it but i don't think so they have to make it more gamey honestly i think it's just dangerous to get into any of these kind of mmo style looter shooters anyway like they are MMOs in any shape or form are kind of dangerous. Like it's not to say that they're bad. It's not to say that they're not really fun, but they are just endless time sinks. Like in terms of like my mental state, like how do I play games? I I guess I have a bad character trait of playing a game more and more and more until I like finish it in inverted commas, right? So this was an appropriate strategy when games were finite. But like, there was a time when I played World of Warcraft and it just started taking up more and more and more of my time. And then I wanted to stop or dial it back, but I felt like I couldn't because like, the guild was relying on me because they needed a mage who was competent, you know, because they needed someone to CC for some of the raids. And so, you know, they get you and then it becomes hard to let go. So I'm not sure I would proactively want to start playing one of these anyway. Like I did try and play a few. Like I tried playing Warframe for a bit and it's pretty good. But the gameplay wasn't compelling enough for me to think, yeah, I want to sink like 6,000 hours into this because that's how long it takes, I think, if you want to see everything in Warframe. I made that number up, by the way. But I'm sure it's a very big number. Okay. So Marvel Avengers is destined to flop. That's our prediction. (laughs) <laughs> it is its destiny we'll play the anthem of failure how many other references can i get in no um i mean i don't have a crystal ball but it's a shame in a way of, it's a shame when any game flops right i'm sure people put a lot of effort in and it doesn't look bad but i'm not keen and it sounds like no one else is either too bad
everyone around the world and welcome to the Game Awards 2020. We are so happy to have you joining us tonight. You know, this year, of course, will be a little bit different. Uh, it's that time of the... It's that time. It's that time. Can't say it without saying it in a weird way. Say it really dramatically. It's that time of the year again. Perfect. It's time for Game Awards. Game of the Year. Nominations are out now, I guess. Are you, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about the Game Awards? Or you're just talking about Game Awards in general, right? Both. And the many, many, many outlets who do Game of the Year lists, including us. Plug, plug, plug. You don't, you don't get anything if you win our one, though. So, yeah, it seems like a good time to talk about them. I don't know where to start. This is more your thing than mine. Like, yeah, so, you know, you've got to tell me what you think. So, interestingly, we have games coming out now, right now, which will miss the cutoff for this year's Game of the Year Awards. For some outlets, Game of the Year Awards. Is, is there an official cutoff? No, there's no official cutoff. But for instance, the Game Awards is tomorrow. Its nominations yeah, yeah. list as came of the out. moment, as of the moment we record this podcast, the Game Awards are tomorrow. So we don't know who won, but you will by the time this comes out. So I don't feel like automatically some games are just left off of some shortlists, which seems a bit broken. Something. To well, I mean, this is why no one wants to release a game at this time of year, right? Because if they release it now, does it, is it in the running for next year's Game Awards? Or is it just that anything that happens in like December, people just forget about? Yeah, because you don't want to pick a game that was last December in this year's Game Awards. I'm sure Smash Brothers Melee had this problem. Did I remember that correctly? Yeah, maybe. It sounds plausible. I do remember playing it at Christmas. So end of the year, Game of the Year awards are a big deal. I wanted to get your take on it, because I know what I think of them. I think you should just say what you think of them, because I, I don't think very much of them at all. Like, I don't so follow any particular Game Awards. I'm not really, like, hyped to see, oh, who's going to win the award for best game from this place? You know, like, whatever. I do think they're useful, right? Like... If I get a list of who won best game or like what was the game of the year or what was the best multiplayer game or something, I'll look at those games and, you know, I'll reevaluate. Oh, wow, I really should have played X. You know, maybe I'll go back and play X. Like if Marvel Avengers wins loads of stuff, maybe I'll give it a go. It won't. Unless there's the biggest disappointment. But, you know, I'm not super hyped. Unlike you. I think you should talk about who you follow and what you think and why it's they excite so you. It's so interesting because is it? In the noughties, gaming was driven by lists, lists of things, right? And everyone was just preparing lists, top tens of things. And used to. Yeah, that was just an artifact of the YouTube algorithm. Like, top 10 lists used to really get pushed by YouTube, I feel. Sorry, carry on. But, but it was also because people were watching them, right? I feel like. Yeah. It's all, this is all part of the same thing, right? Everyone loves a good list, everyone wants to know what they like and where it appears in the list and what other people think and people want to validate their opinions also feel our wrap-up is almost driven by that right and how we do the wrap-up where we just look back on the year and try to pick out what we liked are these things just totally foreign to you you just don't care 
or you don't have any affinity to it. I mean, it's not accurate to say I don't care, but you don't see what the I, I don't think is I about. just have the same excitement for it as you. You know, like there are people who have like Oscar viewing parties or something. Yeah. They want to see the Oscars. They want to see who wins Best Picture. I always just like find out the next day. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not like it's a grave injustice that so and so didn't win. Leonardo DiCaprio denied again. What does he have to do? Get mauled by a bear? And then finally he wins it. No, I just, you know, I just don't feel like that. So an award-winning game doesn't mean anything to you. I guess No, of course it does, right? Like it's useful to see like the validation of, you know, the industry or whatever. Like if loads of people say this was my game of the year, right? Or if there's evidence that a particular game like was in everyone's top 10 like it's the number one game for like all these people then for sure that really helps you take note i should probably try this thing so i wanted to to present some sort of view that you know in the movie business there's the oscars and the golden globes obviously you've said it's not the same you do, i i thought oscars were rated like that's your the ultimate acting award but yeah i think the oscars are an interesting case though because it's the academy right like if you if you're in the academy you get to vote right and it's not just people who you know it's not just the actors right there are loads of oscars that aren't in the glitzy ceremony like there's an oscar for like best 3d artist or something as well isn't there right like there are loads of less glamorous Oscars that have the same weighting when it comes to voting. So the Oscars are like the validation of your peers. They're the people in the industry who are making the films are saying, yes, this was the greatest film or they are the greatest actor or whatever. Like, I do think that's probably why the Oscars do have some more weight because like the validation of your peers. Because the, the problem with games, I guess, is that you don't get that. Right. The people who are deciding what was the best game are not the people who are making the games. There's no Academy of Games in the same way there's like the whatever the Academy is for the films. I don't even know the name. But, you know, I, I, maybe that's the difference. Like who gets to judge what's the greatest game? You know, maybe you've got some like really weird game that's like a work of genius, but like you know, your average gamer isn't going to appreciate it for some reason. I don't know. But, you know, if you're in the industry, you'd, you'd see the Marvel, <laughs> the Marvel. If you're in the industry, you'd see the genius of it, you know, or you'd understand, oh, this is calling back to this like thing or this shading technique is like really revolutionary or, or something, you know? Yeah. So that's what we need. But we don't have an equivalent. You're right. We don't have an equivalent. Yeah. And I think, with Game of the Year awards, there's just so many outlets now, and it's, I know, their value has been diminished. And actually, it's not so fun anymore following this. I mean, the glitzy, the, the big budget glitzy one is the Game Awards, right? That's the one that's trying to be the Oscars of computer games. Though they have kind of no moral standing for doing so, I guess, from the argument of like, you know, the people who are voting aren't the people who make the games, maybe. I, I actually don't know. I don't even know. Maybe they, maybe they do. I, I'm speaking from a position of almost total ignorance here. Sorry. I think there's a panel 
I don't know who. But who's on the panel? There are critics on the panel. But I don't know who else is on the panel. Because I think it also if the panel is too small, you just get really weird like opinions dominating, right? Like you, you almost need the crazy people to be diluted out by people who know what they're talking about. But, you know, just such that a massive ego can't dominate. That's also subjective, though. Or that they can't be bribed. You know, Marvel Avengers was the greatest game this year. Square Enix. My bank account details are here. <laughs> Oops, did I say that out loud? And then something we, we touched upon earlier on is how genres have sort of, or categories have sort of evolved over time. I'm sure they actually, I'm sure it's the same case with the film, the Oscar awards as well. I mean, this definitely happens with, uh, it, with music, definitely, right? Because there was a lot of controversy recently with, oh, geez, what's the, what, what the music awards called? Grammys? I don't know. Because there was an urban category, right? And lots of musicians were just saying, urban is not a category. You just invented this to try and lump black musicians together, right? So I know there was some backlash against that. With games, I don't think it's like that. With games, I just think it's that people's tastes have changed or there aren't enough games in a particular genre for it to be worth doing a best like fighting game of the year or a best platform game of the year, perhaps, because maybe there just aren't that many fighting games or platform games this year. Whereas like 10 years ago, there were loads. I mean, one thing I found really funny is I looked at the Game Awards nominees and there's a category of like best family game. Like, what does that even mean? Like, is it a game you can play with your family or is it a game that's family friendly? They're the same thing. Are they the same thing? Is Animal, where, is Animal, is Animal Crossing in that category? Animal Crossing is in that category, yes. <laughs> but you can't play it with your family. You can only have one island. Well, I suppose you're forced to play it with your family. It's like lockdown. They're trapped in there with you on your one island. What, otherwise, what kind of game is it? Simulation game. What, for, for Animal Crossing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a simulation game, that's true. A god game. I am god emperor of this island. Be gone, foul beast. Okay. Two more things then. Too many Game of the Year awards. We've talked about aggregating stuff. Would it be worthwhile to aggregate these? I don't think it makes sense to aggregate Game of the Year awards, personally, because it's just like a binary thing. It's like, how do you aggregate, like, okay, let's say someone votes Animal Crossing and someone else votes Cyberpunk. How do you aggregate those two? (laughs) It's just points or votes, right? I have 10 outlets. Six chose Cyberpunk. The other four chose Animal Crossing. Cyberpunk wins. And then you can... Choose which outlets you care about. I guess. Well, I, I suppose you could do it as part of our bigger... We, we've had this conversation offline about better ways of aggregating review scores, right? Because, like, I think it's a well-discussed thing on this podcast that you love Metacritic. I do. But Metacritic is actually very naive in how it just, like, takes a bunch of scores and adds them together and averages them, Right. No, they had, Metacritic has its own proprietary algorithm, right? And it awaits outlets differently. And everyone wants to know which outlets are its preferred outlets and which ones aren't, right? This is where you come in. We've got a great, great Mike's algorithm. 
Micah critic. I'm bearer critic. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I don't, okay, maybe Metacritic is doing some funny weighting thing, but I think the problem with Metacritic is that there's only one set of weights, right? Like, I think what would be better is imagine if Metacritic's scores were as good as Spotify's suggestions. It knows what you like. It knows what the individual reviewers have rated games and it can adjust a reviewer's score based on how on the same wavelength that reviewer is to you. And thus, your personal score that it shows you for a game will be more reflective of what you would rate that game if you were to play it. And yes, you could apply that to then the Game of the Year awards because you would know who would put in those votes and you could weight or discount certain picks based on that when you do the aggregation i guess oh interesting so you're doing it all by the critic i thought you're going to start putting in like genre preferences as well well i think that too i think it, i think it goes all, all <gasps> don't give too way, much away were we not meant to day, say that were we not meant to share that one publicly oh were we not i don't know i'm kidding is it a secret it's not i'm just messing around continue i don't, I don't know if it's if it's co- i don't know if it's commercially sensitive i don't think ideas are cheap <laughs> Ideas are cheap, let's be honest. Unless we're actually going to do it. If you listen to this podcast and you do it, we're on to you. We want our cut. We'll sponsor you. It's fine. We'll sponsor you. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a cut, but we'll also sponsor. What am I yeah, saying? Yeah, you're right. You can sponsor this podcast and you can give us a cut. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. Thanks. This podcast is sponsored by Unbearacritic. Your opinion doesn't matter. That's the tagline. I shouldn't work in marketing. Last thing, I wanted to call out the Giant Bomb Game of the Year deliberations. They are a series of five podcasts that run over the week and they are between three and four hours long. My dream before I die is for us to do the same thing one year. I don't know if between the two of us we can sustain a conversation for five hours, but maybe we'll just have some special guests. Do you really want to do this? We can do this. It doesn't have to be this year. I think I think so. I really enjoy the... I would enjoy you fighting out with someone and me mediating. <laughs> so what are we going to do? We're going to get like total randoms to give completely batshit proposals for the game of the year. And I've just got to shoot them down <laughs> continuously. <laughs> uh, yeah. That might be funny. It would be funny. Because I'm for- not editing a three. I'm not <laughs> editing a four to five hour podcast. To be clear, that one's going out raw. It'd be incredible because you start with a long list and you just literally whittle it down live. Imagine that live, trash, 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 garbage, garbage, garbage. Be afraid! I'm going to hit you with a stick. No, you'll manage to condense it into six seconds. <laughs> just, just get out. Just, just get out. I'll, I'll write a list of my own. I take my laser gun and I go pew, pew, pew. Let's kick off rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. 
let's start off with Ubisoft. So interestingly, Ubisoft decided to release three AAA games this quarter. Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Immortals Phoenix Rising. Did we bother? I did not bother with any of these games. Because? All right. So in order, Watch Dogs Legion, I looked up a map of the game world. It stops just before my house. F*** that game. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to be able to drive past and be like, that's my house. Or my mum's house. Or, you know, like, I can see my house from here while standing on a drone. But no. It was not to be. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have never played an Assassin's Creed game. So, why start now? And finally, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It just looks bad. I don't understand why everyone's so hyped for this. It just looks like a bad Breath of the Wild clone. Like, I, I, you know what? The just art style just does not do it for me. I just, I just think it looks dumb. Like, Genshin Impact is a way better looking Breath of the Wild clone than Immortals Phoenix Rising, right? Like, if I had to play one, I would play Genshin Impact. Yeah, I don't get it. But, like, some people are really excited for it. Like, I literally got a friend who specially went out because he heard they were going to have more copies in stock to try and pick up a copy of this game. Madness. Ubisoft keeps making these what's the right word, reliably, reliably good games. And we keep skipping them. So we'll come back to this another time. Yeah, I, I actually don't know why I've missed so many Ubisoft games. It's actually really weird because, you know, we looked at, we, we, this is definitely a topic we can go into another time if, if people find it interesting. But it, yeah, it is strange how few Ubisoft games I've played. Just for no particular reason. Next up, insert coin. The arcade documentary about Midway, the greatest video game studio of the 90s. Midway, Mike? Made Mortal Kombat. Cool studio. Well, they made a lot of stuff, right? Sounds like an interesting documentary. How do I watch it? On demand. $16 to buy. $10 to rent. What? Uh-uh. <laughs> like, the answer that would have made me watch it was, oh, it's on Netflix. <laughs> That's expensive, though. That is expensive. I guess it's like a cinema ticket. I mean, I suppose no one's going to the cinema at the moment. What platform is it available on demand on? The... Oh, you've got me there. The Alamo... Alamo Drafthouse on demand platform. Okay. I've never heard of it. There's still a chance it can come to Netflix Hong Kong. <laughs> I do I do quite like these documentaries, like these gaming documentaries when I actually get round to watching them. But I'm also really bad at ever actually starting them. Like I very rarely feel like watching them. Is it a case that if it's on if it's a YouTube documentary, you'll watch it? If it's not, you won't watch it. YouTube is more likely because it's lower effort. I mean, I'm on YouTube anyway, right? I did watch the I've forgotten the name. What is the Netflix gaming documentary called? That series. I don't know. 
it clearly didn't make that much of an impact on me if I can't remember the name. Charles Martinet narrates it. That's not helping anyone. It's a me, narrator. Nintendo, hire me. Um, high score. High score. Boom. I watched that. And Indie Game, the movie. That was good. Sorry, let's move on. PS5 Demon Souls. Yes, Demon Souls is on PS5. So, I think in the original trailer, there's mention of it being and being made available on PC. It was then scrubbed. Do you think it will come to PC? Since you're not buying a PS5? I mean, never say never on the PS5. But I don't think it will come to PC. Personally. I mean, I, again... I might well be wrong because a whole bunch of games that looked like they were going to be PS5 exclusives did come to PC. But I don't know, because this is paid for by Sony, isn't it? Because Demon Souls was paid for by Sony to be a PlayStation exclusive. And so is this remake. And, you know, it's in the same situation as Bloodborne. So the other FromSoft Souls-like games have come to PC and have come to the other consoles but Demon Souls and Bloodborne are PlayStation exclusives and I think they will remain that way although you know I would like it if it did come to PC but Death Stranding Horizon Zero Dawn you can't be swayed I don't know were they funded by Sony in the same way Horizon Zero Dawn was okay I see what you mean as in Second party versus first yeah. party. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. Next up, Super Nintendo World. Yes. I mean, this has been hyped for a long time, right? Like, we knew that they were building a Super Nintendo World. And then there were those pictures or short videos where you know you could stay at the universal studios hotel and it was overlooking the park and there were people who could see super nintendo world and bits of it moving because they were testing it and then they opened the cafe and now there's just full-on a trailer of super nintendo world i want to go so bad for sure once coronavirus travel restrictions are lifted i am going to super nintendo world it opens February 4th, 2021. Is that? Is that <laughs> I might not get there for quite some time after that. Is that meant to line up with the, the Olympics? Um, in terms of, would this have opened in 2020 had the Olympics been in 2020? I don't know, actually. I don't think so. I think it's just, I think it's just a coincidence that it's in the same year as the Olympics now. But it is convenient. You know, if I if I can get vaccinated so I don't have to quarantine and so I'm allowed to travel again, for sure, I would love to go to Japan, see the Olympics, go to Super Nintendo World, eat melon bread, sushi, katsudon, okonomiyaki. So I'm just listing Japanese foods now. Yeah. So I don't, hyped. It looks great. I don't know what, it, do, do you think it looks good? I don't know. I mean, what's the appeal? It's not like... I'm going to Super Nintendo World to feel like I am. What am I, what, what am I going for? What am I meant to feel? I'm, I'm playing Melee in real life. 
No, <laughs> can you imagine? You're going to run up and just like lamp some kids. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. That's not what I was but thinking what? at all. But I, I was thinking I could be like some insufferable person. You're right. I could go there in dungarees and buy the Mario hat and like jump around going like, it's a me. And like start throwing flowers at people. I don't know. Because if you think about it, like, for instance, the superhero rides are there. No, the Marvel rides are there to make you feel like you're part of the Marvel universe. Star Wars, same. Harry Potter, exactly the same, right? I want to be a bloody wizard. But in, if I'm going to Super Nintendo World, what am I trying to, what do I want? What experience do I want? You get the experience of being a plumber without having to go to a vocational school. But you don't need no, to go to vocational just... school because you don't need to fix any bloody pipes. That's true. That's true. I've never seen him fix a pipe. No, you can just, it's just, uh, has there ever been a gaming themed theme park before? No. It's like, we made it. My hobby matters. It's in the real world now. What are you looking forward to then? Are you looking forward to... Because it's not like you can... It's, there is no Mario Kart in real life. There is a Mario Kart. In, There's literally in the a park. Mario Kart ride. Oh, yeah, fine. But you're on tracks. <laughs> you're, you're on tracks. You you're literally on tra- picked the one thing. <laughs> the one thing. But it's not like, oh, there's food you can have what you're just gonna have there's literally food. <laughs> there's literally themed food you can have just, it's just themed they food. open the cafe you can literally have like a mario or luigi waffle but like, what does that mean for their hat <laughs> just imagine it's just so it's just so cool it's just like being a kid i just remember like being a kid and playing like super mario world or something and being like oh it's such an amazing world and now it's like it's in real life so if they couldn't have like token question blocks Hanging for you just to leap up and punch. Just to punch. Just jump up and punch. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. But if, imagine. Well, that's not a bad idea, actually. And if they made the sound, that'd be quite cool as well. I would not not <laughs> give it a punch. I mean, for all I know, there will be. Well, just also think, right? This is just the start. Can you imagine if they made like a Pokemon world or something? Like you could definitely make oh, Pokemon world something on the scale of Disneyland with just the Nintendo properties. And it would be amazing. Pokemon would work. I can, I'll give you that. But also scary as well. There are some scary Pokemon if you create some real life. But the film show <laughs> if you, if demonstrated you, if you otherwise. Read, if you read the descriptions of some Pokemon, they are actually nightmare fuel. Like, there is one that's like, I think it's like Drifloon. It's like a balloon that floats down and snatches away children. Imagine if you're just in the park and this like balloon comes and takes away one of your kids. You'd be like, no, too real. So Mike, you'll see everyone there in 2021. Yeah. If, if we can travel again, who knows? I mean, it might be a long time. It's probably gonna be 2022 before we can even travel, right? Because Japan is not letting in any non-residents, I think. The same as most Asian countries. How is the Olympics going to work? You can watch it on Zoom. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe they're hoping by the summer it will be better. Like, I mean, there are some places that have got their act together with the vaccine, right? Like, they may genuinely have vaccinated a lot of people by then. So maybe, maybe things will have opened up. Who knows? 
Are we done? I have one more thing to say, which is, I was wrong about the PlayStation 5 controller. Like, I remember when we talked about the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, like, I was dissing, like, Sony. I was saying, like, they're making us buy new controls again. Like, what's the point? Everyone who's got a PS5 has since talked about how revolutionary the controller is, how amazing the controller is, and how they, you know, it totally makes sense that they make you get this new controller because it's, like, the best part of the new system. So, like, it seems I was 100% wrong about the PS5 controller because it's got those tactile triggers, right? Everyone is talking about how great the force feedback is on these triggers. And they say, like, it really changes the experience. It's amazing, and you have to try it to understand it. I, I haven't actually tried a PS5. But yeah, this is my mea culpa. I was wrong about the PlayStation 5 controllers. They were totally justified making you buy new controllers. Boo. And this is before you even tried the controller. I would have expected you to only climb back down after you tried the controller. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, give it a few months. I'm going to be like, so I was totally right about the PlayStation 5 controllers. They are trash. (laughs) No, no, no. By all accounts... They're great, and they were justified making you buy new ones. So, meh. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club And Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. You can find us on Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Lovers Club. So, Michael, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I'm going back to the UK for Christmas. I originally wasn't going to, but in the end, I am. Possibly it's reckless, but it will be very nice. However, this does mean that there will be at least one episode recorded from quarantine because Hong Kong is going to make me quarantine in a hotel when I get back and possibly two episodes if I test positive for coronavirus. Let's hope that doesn't happen. So Michael says bye. Bye bye.